Hello, adventurers! Welcome back to the Forged 20 podcast. I am your host, Zach Coldiron. I won't necessarily be introducing our new series today. I'll leave all of that up to our DM for this campaign, Hunter. Before we get jumped into tonight's episode, I would like to make an announcement that we are currently searching for sponsors for the show. What this would do is help us invest money back into the show to give you guys a better product. And it also helps promote another small business or podcast. So I'm looking for anyone who's interested in any pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll ads. Um, Go ahead and shoot us a DM or an email. You can DM us on our Facebook and Instagram. All that stuff will be in the description. You can also email me at ironforgedentertainmentoutlook.com. Without any further ado, let's hop into the episode zero of our second campaign, Thrones. Hello everyone, and welcome to Forge D20's newest series, Thrones. I am your host and your DM, Hunter, accompanied by my best friend and my co-host, Zachary. You know him, or may know him, from our other series, Tales of Lodrianth. If you're a fan of that series, I encourage you to stick around, give us a chance, and ultimately, see if you can be a fan of both shows. That's my goal. Not to take you from him, keep you around in both. If you're a fan of tales like Berserk, Lord of the Rings, the epic fantasy that is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, then I think you can find a place here amongst us. We want to share with you a story of brotherhood, a story of adventure, of epic highs and crushing lows. Laughter will be had, tears will be shed, but ultimately we will learn so many lessons from the story that we tell together with you because we want you to be a part of this. Your thoughts matter. Feel free at any point to give us thoughts, criticism, compliments, praise, whatever you see fit on any of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, we have our Patreon, and of course we have a Discord as well. Feel free to check us out on all of that. Feel free to like any of our content, check out anything that we've already posted. Tales of Lodrinth is a fantastic series if you haven't tried it out. Highly encourage you. Zach is doing a fantastic job with that series. We're on episode five in our release schedule going into episode six. So it's not too late to get started at the beginning and only have to watch a few episodes before you're caught up with everything else. We're really hitting a roll there, though, and I can't wait to see where that story goes. With that being said, though, I'm going to go ahead and briefly describe our setting, where we're at. Zach and I will describe our characters. And then we're going to have a little intro to set up exactly what the characters are doing in a micro aspect, and then we will begin. So, the story of Thrones is going to take place in its beginning on the storm coast of the Forgotten Realms, in a place called Icespire Peak, near the town of Findallon, south of it actually. Now, this fort has been standing for hundreds of years. It was here long ago when the last dragon came to the Storm Coast and was dealt with long ago by an adventuring party. 
the bones of that dragon, that green dragon, still rest near the town of Fendalen. This fort has seen many ages come and go, and now a new age is set to begin. Here, we join our protagonist in today's episode, Aelin Kazarn, a watch captain at the Fort of Icepire Peak, and his most trusted enlisted soldier, the sergeant known as Isaiah Redmore. Now, to describe Aelin for a moment, he is a slender, medium-height build, half-elf. He hails from the town of Fendown, has a family there, and he is a longtime veteran of the Lord's Alliance, which is the military in control of this establishment, and they are charged with protection of the Storm Coast. They are very important, and he is near the end of his watch, meaning he's going to retire soon. He's going to go home and properly relax and really enjoy the fruits of his labor with his children and his wife. Now, he has short-cut black hair. He has caramel-colored skin and amber-colored eyes. He speaks in a very authoritative, stoic way, but he shares a very close bond with Isaiah. They have been here since Isaiah's enlistment, and he has watched him grow into hopefully the next watch captain. This is their final patrol together, and so they have assumed the final patrol duties that normally go to lower-ranked men, as this is their last night here at the fort. Now, Zach, could you go ahead and introduce Isaiah to the audience for me? Yes, so Isaiah Redmore is a six foot one, 175-pound half-elf with olive-colored skin and very curly um, brown hair that uh, he ties into a bun uh, on his head. He has a little bit of stubble um, upon his face and is wearing a silver armor with a gold um, uh, kind of accent. And his shield uh, has the image of two crescent moons um, facing opposite directions from one another and have a blue color uh, about them. And he is a, uh, paladin who serves the elven god known as Corlon. But, that's all I got for you. You guys have to find out a little more as we traverse through, uh, what our wonderful DM hunters prepared for us this evening, so. Alrighty. So, to describe the immediate setting, the map that the live audience can see before them in the stream is not indicative of the current map that we're going to be on. It's going to be a little bit of theater in the mind to begin as we're approaching the fort proper. Once we approach the fort proper, what you see before you is exactly what we're going to be seeing. If you look at the bottom left side of the map, you'll see two character icons. The one towards the north is Isaiah, and the one to the south is Aelin. Now, the two of them are probably about a quarter, half a mile in that range from the fort currently. They are traversing the last bit of this mountain pass. They're both currently walking on foot, but both of them have torches lit, and they are currently equipped with their patrol gear. Aelin, for example, is wearing brown standard issue leather armor to the Lord's Alliance, 
and he is wearing a green knitted scarf that was actually given to him by his wife on his way here for his final uh, tour of duty. Now, it's a very calm night here at Ispire Peak. The skies are a bit of an overcast, but the sun has set, the moon has properly risen. I would say it's probably about 9 p.m. in the evening hours. And the two of them are finally beginning to come to a closure on the last bit of their conversation before they reach the climax of this journey, where they will ultimately retire for the evening within the fort's walls. And tomorrow, the two of them will be relieved of their duties, and Isaiah will be able to return home to his wife, or fiancé, I should say, and Aelin will be able to return to his family and his children. With that being said, the two of them approach about a quarter mile from the fort's massive stone walls. These walls have stood for many generations. The ancient cobblestone that was used to build this fort by the many masons of the Lord's Alliance have withstood years of erosion, weather, and have even withstood sieges from wandering tribes of orcs that plague the Storm Coast. Aelin is walking maybe two to three feet to Isaiah's right side. The two of them have been reminiscing over the years that they've spent together here at this fort. And Aelin in particular has stopped walking. He begins to look up and he observes the mountain pass possibly for the final time from this perspective. He sees the snow-covered caps of the mountains around him. He sees the water of the Sapphire Sea out to his west, now shrouded in the reflection of the moon in the night sky. It is a waxing gibbous currently. He looks upon it fondly. He often spends many of his night watches wondering what his children and his wife are doing in this hour, whether they're sleeping or maybe the children are up and playing together. He turns to Isaiah, and he asks his comrade a question. So what will you do when this is over? Will you finally marry that woman? You have been engaged for quite some time, my friend. Yeah. That's what I want. So I'm going home to Darkvale tomorrow and your watch ends tonight. And uh, he comes over, kind of uh, places his arm on your shoulder. You've been a great mentor to me. My brother, thank you. Aelin smiles. He returns to Jester, grabbing the opposite shoulder of Isaiah. You will make a great watch captain one day, my friend, I assure you. Even a greater watch captain than I. I promise you. Upon my return to Fendalen, I will send in that letter of recommendation to make sure that you get a proper look at the position. You are by far the finest man that we have at this fort. Come. I'm sure the men are awaiting us in 
likely have had dinner already without us. Thanks. Now, as the two of them continue their journey up towards the proper area of the fort, can you have Isaiah roll me a perception check real quick? Sixteen. Sixteen. Very good. So, Isaiah, as Aelin and Isaiah have sort of entered this bittersweet, but ultimately a symbolic silence between the two of them, mutual silence that is good. They're both reflecting, enjoying this final walk together. Nothing needs to be said. Between the two of them, many years of adventure have been had. There is no need to speak more words than have already been spoken. As Isaiah looks around and begins to ponder these surroundings, this is the last time he will be adventuring with this man, trolling such a simple task, but bittersweet that this is the last one he will share with his mentor. As he looks around, he notices something. As they approach the castle, they see the bannerments, the flags, they ever so gently are moving in the breeze. When suddenly, Isaiah feels a shift in the wind. A gale starts to brew, coming in from the north. Odd. There is no storm currently. And the, wet, and the wind, excuse me, typically in this area comes from the sea to the west. In to the inland, traveling east, for the wind to shift so dramatically and in such a rapid amount of shift from a simple breeze to a full-on gale. This is nigh impossible. What in the nine? We got, we got, a, we got a boat now. Something's not right. Around, you see, he immediately looks to his left. He looks to his right. Go. Immediately, the two of you begin running, running close, fast to the gate. As you approach, you see a guard just barely beyond the initial door. He hangs out in the guardhouse just above. He shoots, he, excuse me, he shouts down to the two of you. Aelin! I see that! What in the night is that? What's going on? I don't know, but it's not natural, and we need to get the men gathered fast. We must defend the fortress at all costs. I don't know if it's a wizard in their tower. It could be a dragon. Who, who fucking knows, but we need to prepare now. As you approach the gate with Aelin, the guard begins opening the main gate. It opens slowly, but with urgency. As there's only one guardsman up there, he gets it open as fast as he can. As we approach the inside of the walls, you see that it is almost the dead of night here. Most men have retired to their bunks. Only the skeleton crew of the Night's Watch are out currently. You immediately see Aelin moves into action. He turns to his right, shouts out a command. Torbjorn! The blacksmith turns quickly. He was tending to the last little kindles and embers of his fire at the forge. He turns. Sound the alarm. 
Something's coming. Be it magic, be it beast, we need to be prepared. Summon the men. He turns again to you, Isaiah. Wake the men from the barracks. Meet me in the courtyard. As he says this, Aelin moves to the east, towards the forge. Isaiah, roll me another perception check. Uh, oh. Nine. That's all you needed. Was not a hard check. You feel the most chilling cold move in. It chills you almost to your very bones. You're used to cold. This is the mountains of the Storm Coast. The Whisper Peaks, as they're known here. But this is something else. This is an absolute chill. Unnatural. You have an impending sense of something evil has come. You look up to the night sky to see the storm around you has thickened, and now a fog you look even further north, just beyond the castle's walls, cresting just above it, you see a great, thick, white plume of clouds rolling in very rapidly. The wind begins to gale harder and harder and harder, ripping some of the bandments clean off the walls. What do you do? It's time to wake up the people who are retired for the evening. So he's going to go inside of here, uh, going through these doors and trying by any means, screaming, Everybody! Emergency! Let's go! Get your gear on now! As you shout out commands, you begin to hear a toll of a bell from outside. Dung! 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 It seems Torbjorns begin sounding the alarm. Immediately, men begin flooding out of their beds. You can hear rapid thuds, some men falling out of the bed, some men with much more dexterous, quickly leaping up to their feet, putting on their armor. Some are coming out and running out the doors, barely armored, barely clothed even. A couple of the men flood out, then a few more, catching their bearings, some waking up even. Some were almost asleep, some are drunk. The five men that are inside in the barracks come to you in the center room, Isaiah, what, what is it? One of the men asks you. Something What's going pure on? evil has come, and we need to defend ourselves. It's, it feels powerful. And I'm afraid for our safety. Come, come outside. We need, to, we need to defend the fortress. You heard the man, let's go. And then the rest of the men begin to follow you out of the front doors and into the sort of courtyard area. And as this happens, as you walk out, you see the, the, and the men see it as well. You all look around, look above you. You see the thick white cloud of smoke has now completely engulfed the sky as far as you can see around you. The fog has thickened to the point that you can maybe see 50, 100 yards beyond the castle walls. And even then, it's merely shadows of the mountains around you. 
all torches seem to have lost a bit of their potency cutting through the thick, dark night of the mountains around you. But you notice something. The wind has stopped. No longer gusting, the bannermen have completely stopped moving, but as you look around, you see them as they slowly stiffen, frozen, mid-breeze. You see them begin to crackle and form into a stiffened image of what was once an actively moving flag, banner. You feel that chill get even more to the bone. And then you hear it. Cresting over the horizon. The sound that can only be described as a mixture of a train's horn and the loudest thunder that your ears have ever heard. Cresting just above the castle's walls to the north. Crashing into the northwestern tower. You see it. white dragon it flies in its silhouette cresting just beneath the clouds it gains speed rapidly descending almost in a nosedive when it crashes into the northwestern spire destroying it in but an instant from the sheer mass of the creature you see whatever men were up there they stood no chance they are gone in but a moment the tower is virtually leveled to the ground. What towers left the dragon quickly ascends from, pushing himself, using it merely as a springboard to the next attack. He swings from the northwestern tower to the east, and as he does so, you hear the sounds of what can only be described as a turbine's engine. You hear the inhale of a great breath, and then the blast of an arctic chill an icy wind, so thick and visible that it's as if a portal to the plane of ice has opened before you. This beam of death opens up on the men on the northern wall, freezing them in place. One by one by one, the northern wall is completely encompassed in ice. Any men that were there are now nothing more than frozen statues stuck dead in their place. What do you do? I'm going to as a bonus action cast a spell. I'm going to cast Shield of Faith um, as a shimmering field of golden light begins to surround um, Isaiah. Defend the fortress! And he's going to start busting back through the... Because I would assume he would know the layout of this fortress. If he goes through this hallway right here, it's a quicker way to get instead of going around. Oh, if you wanted to go that way, yes. Um, let me move the dragon real quick to show you where he is, because it's just a lot to keep up with right now. He is moving from north west to northeast. He's currently out of vision. I'm going to leave him on the map. You'll see him on, on top of the northeastern spire. But he's moving, circling around the fort. You can see him moving northeast 
then east, southeast, southeast, moving in a clockwise direction, circling his prey, ready to make it, surveying and readying himself for his next attack, his next descent upon the fort. Hmm. You also see Torbjorn and Kazarn are communing to the east in the courtyard area. Yeah, we're running that way. We're running that way. We're headed towards that direction. All right. So the men here in the central area follow you to the east of the courtyard where you meet with Kazarn and Torbjorn. Kazarn and Torbjorn, caught in a very heated exchange over what to do and what's going on, turn towards you, Isaiah, and the men. Kazarn immediately starts belching out orders. The three of you pointing to the men to your characters. Currently, it's your right, but the audience would see it on the screen to the left. He points to the three of them. The three of you. To the stables. Secure the horses. We have to get everyone out of here as soon as possible. This is not a fight we can win. He immediately turns to the other two men. You two. Head to the castle's gate, or head to the fort's gate. Get it ready for the exit. Isaiah. You. I need you with me. We are going to go to the northeast and see if there's any men that were survive any men to the northern walls that have survived this attack. We need to get them or any men that are stuck and get them out of here. Yes, sir. Torbjorn, help the men open the gate. Help the men at the stables. Isaiah, with me. The two of you begin running to the north to go see if there's any survivors of the attack to the north. On the wall. The three men that were sent to the stables begin running to the central gate and around to the stable entrance. The other two men head to the central gate of the keep or courtyard whatever you would describe it, and Torbjorn follows the men and starts commanding men to the south wall, commanding the men that are near the south wall. As Kazarn and Isaiah begin moving to the north, you hear, once again, you hear, thump, 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 the batting and the, I would almost say, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, I don't want to say flapping. It sounds so unregal of a being of such a stature to be flapping its wings. It is batting its wings, cutting through the air. You can hear each individual gust of wind being generated by the force of this dragon's flight. You hear it get closer as it circles to the right and you get farther away as it goes around to the south. And you get closer as it's circling around again. Kazarn looks at you as you're running to the north. He says to you, if there are no survivors, my friend, we are to leave here immediately. Meet me at the stables. I need you to check to the northeast in the tower. See if the men have lived there. I'm going to check the gate. The men to the northwest, they had no chance. Be quick. Meet yes, me sir. back here. You see him run up to the castle's gate, to the front entrance, to the north. You begin moving to the northeast, in the northeastern tower, where you can see the very door to the bottom of this tower is covered in a shelf of ice. It is not necessarily impossible, but it's going to take some force to get this thing open. Okay. 
I'm going to go inside, but I'm going to very carefully kind of watch my steps so I don't slip on the ice potentially. Uh, but I'm going to be uh, looking for any survivors, see if there's anybody still alive. Okay, roll me a strength check to make sure you can get the door open first because it is encrusted with ah, ice. Okay. So you can attack the door to break the ice off of it, or you can just try to rip the fucking door open with with the ice there. All right, fuck it. I'm going to try to charge through the door. And I fucking just bounce, poof, right off. And... <laughs> as soon as you run into the door, the amount of ice that is there is so thick and so dense that you, even at your size and with the armor that you have on this plate mail, a resounding thud happens. You fall back and your shoulder is immediately sore. You felt that one, even with the adrenaline pumping in you. That's some strong ice. You may not be able to get in there. Do you want to try again? Yeah, one more time. Just for the fuck All of right. it. Okay, 15. 15. This time you get up. You reach out and you see before you the ice may be thick, but you can still reach the very properly forged, meeting a very specific set of standards from the Lord's Alliance. This door's handle, you grip onto it with both hands. Putting your foot up against the archway on the left of the door, you put all of your might into it, grunting, groaning, and then finally you manage to bust the door, cracking the ice, pulling it back inch by inch, and you can see inside, as you open it, a gust of cold air emanates from the inside and blasts in your face, almost like an arctic chill. And you can see... Inside is also encompassed with ice. I'm going to look around and uh, stealthily at least try to look around and see if there's any survivors in this tower. Okay. I'll try Go and roll. avoid the sight of this fucking dragon, dude. Oh my god. Not stealthy all right, at so all. <laughs> making a lot of noise moving around. You slip initially and then bust one of your knees into the ground, creating a resounding thud through the echoing corridors of this broken, well, frozen tower. Excuse me, this one's frozen. Now, after your roll of 18, you see as you're shifting around the base of this tower, you move towards the stairwell where you see a bit of light emanating from the uh, level above you. And as you look into the stairwell, you see about halfway up between the first and second floor, a man frozen solid, stiffened in his place. You see him stuck there, a man you recognize, Hjalmar, a man you know, a man from your town. It looks like he was trying to make his way down the stairs as the dragon made its pass over the northern wall. And unfortunately, even as thick as these walls are, stone does not stop the cold. As Isaiah is letting this all sink in, he's just feeling so much pain, not physically, but mentally. The distress of a dragon coming to do God knows what to this fortress, losing someone he knew, and potentially having to go home back to Darkvale and break the news to his family that he couldn't survive 
kind of abandons hope in checking if there's anybody still living and is going to go meet up with uh, Captain Aelin. As you begin to check the rest of your way through what parts of the tower you can get to without impeding on your former ally and dead friend's body, you peek up to the second story. There is no one that could have lived. You see the second story is even thicker in the amount of ice that is formed in this area. It is basically an igloo in there. And the third floor, where the it was closest to the blast, is likely a freezer. You decide it's best to turn around. And as you bound down the stairs very quickly, trying to reach your allies, you make it outside. And as you reach outside, you see Kazarn looking to the south. He looks over his shoulder at you, and he says, he shouts at you, commands you, quickly, Redmore, with me to the stables. Yes, sir. And he runs right over with no hesitation, following his, the orders of his friend and captain. As the two of you begin running south, you hear, coming from the north, you hear once again a, a great breath inhaled. You feel the very breath of whatever this is. You can feel the gust of wind from whatever air is in front of you being pulled back towards this being that is flying a hundred feet above you, behind you as well. It is making a pass right above the two of you. Okay. All of a sudden, as you're running, you are tackled by Kazarn. He runs and jumps into you, grappling, uh, grappling with you, tumbling into the area on the right. He shouts, Get down, Redmore! As the two of you tumble into the training grounds. A blast, unlike the sound you've ever heard, deafening in its resounding cacophony across the grounds of the courtyard of this fort. You see, maybe 50 to 100 feet above you, in great vivid detail, a white dragon whose scales are so effervescently white, it completely reflects the moon's light off of it. It almost looks like there's sparkling gems on this dragon reflecting the light of the ice and the moon's light. Its blue eyes, they hide a great fury as wondrous as they are, like sapphires amongst a dull black canvas. These eyes glow almost in the dark, and you see the breath begin to emanate from the dragon's massive maw as this powdery, white, smoke-like substance begins to foam from its mouth. It then shoots like a beam forth as it makes a resounding crash wherever the beam makes contact, instantly freezing anything in its path, and anything nearby is in danger of being quickly entrapped in the ice. The dragon passes north to south, north to south, and as you see, you realize in but seconds it passes clean over the stables, south where the men were, I'm gonna west to... over the wall. No, fuck. I wanted to do something really quick before it left my range. You can go ahead and try something, sure. Yeah, I want to try the... I mean, fuck it, I guess. 
I'm going to try the halt. I'm going to use command and cast halt. Okay. The dragon has to pass what? Uh, Wisdom check of 13. Trying to save these guards to give them extra time to run. This only lasts for uh, casting time is one, action and duration is six seconds. Hope I can give them some time to get away. Um. Okay. It's wisdom, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Here's the roll. Oh, no. Is that a natural yeah. 20? Yeah, that's a nat 20. Oh. Here's a zero to wisdom. That's his first roll. I'm sorry. What a depressing first episode. <laughs> So you command it to halt. You reach out and you grab this holy symbol, which is your shield. You basically take your shield, move it towards you, kind of harness whatever um, sense of divine connection you feel in this moment. And you reach out in desperation, hoping Coralon can impact and influence this dragon. You command it to halt, to turn its gaze from your allies. It does nothing. This dragon's savagery, it's... Perhaps even its level of intellect may impede you on being able to command it in this moment. As the dragon makes its pass over the stables area, in moments, oops, sorry, you see whatever was over there is now engulfed in ice. The dragon moves west and then back. Northwestern, as it's now circling once again to make another pass on the fort. All of the men to the south may be in grave danger or worse, dead. You don't know, but you can only assume it's as bad as what happened to the men to the north that you found. Kazarn stands quickly. He grabs you and steadies you to your feet, and he pushes you almost. Keep moving, keep moving! I'm getting up and running towards the stables. He shouts at you as you both are running. Hopefully one of the horses is still there. There's still hope. If one of them is there, then there's still a chance. We have to get out of here. We have to warn the people. We have to warn Fendalen. Let's go. Come on. We're just fucking sprinting. The two of you are running frantically, frantically to the south. As you keep running faster and faster and faster, as you get closer to the stables, you see the stables themselves, from the force of the blast of this dragon's breath, the roof has completely been collapsed it has been destroyed some of it blown off to the winds and off the mountaintop some of it completely frozen over some of it have caved in you hear nothing from down here other than the gust of the wind around you no men are speaking no men are making noise and as you guys round the southern entrance the gate you see one two three four frozen men including that of torbjorn you see the blacksmith frozen in fear as he's looking above himself straight up to the night sky. You see his hands reaching up in almost a defensive posture, reaching out in one last act of both defiance but fear. As he's frozen like a marble statue, he stands never to move again. You hear Kazarn's voice, Torbjorn, no! As the two of you keep running, you see at the stables, 
you see, let me move these guys a little bit. They weren't supposed to just stand in one space. You see one, two frozen statues, but as you enter the stables, what's left of it, you see three more statues. Well, two more statues and one completely destroyed statue. The man before you to your right is currently standing in front of a horse. He's attempting to guide it out of its middle stable, and as he's guiding out of the stable, he is frozen mid-walk, mid-reach. You see the, the leash, the lead of this horse's collar being pulled, and he's stuck mid-step. The horse as well. And to the right of that, another horse, completely crushed beneath the ruins of the roof above it. You see the statue in many places has been chipped, broken. One of its legs has snapped completely off. This horse is dead. The other horse is dead. And then you look to your left. You see, beneath some rubble, barely breathing, a still-living horse. Kazarn looks at you quickly. Help me, Redmore! We have to get it out of the rubble! As he starts flinging hay, rocks, masonry away from the horse's body, hoping that his legs aren't broken. Do you help him? Yes, Isaiah's going to go over and help. Um, Alright, so roll me a strength check with advantage, because Isaiah is being helped by Kazarn, because you're stronger. Let's see. Ooh, 21. 21. So as you're approaching, Kazarn can't lift it. There's one beam that seems to be laying down across the um, side of the horse. It's laying down on its side currently, and you see this beam has kind of like trapped it. It's not quite crushing it, but it won't let it stand up. You see Kazarn's lifting with all his might. Help me, Redmore! As you approach, describe with ease how Isaiah lifts this beam. Grab my brother. I'm sorry. My voice, uh, my audio cut out for a moment. No, you're fine. You did, though? Happened. Huh? You did lift it, though? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You described it? I'm sorry. Oh, I no, didn't I didn't it. describe it. Um, It's just going to be him kind of deadlifting it up off of the creature. I don't know if he succeeds or not. Um, with you a did 21. with a 21. Yeah, he just <laughs> flips it upside down. With ease, you help Kazarn lift this off, lift this off the ground. Um, immediately, you two begin tending to the horse. Can you give me a quick survival check from Isaiah, checking the vitals of this horse, making sure it's still travel ready? Oof, thirteen. That is enough. You successfully identified that this horse, although completely in shock of the surrounding uh, chaos around it, has no idea what the what the hell is going on. It is panicked, but you can, with a ease of touch, with an ease of voice, you've managed to calm the horse, bring it to its feet, and you can tell it is steady enough to travel. Although not 100%, it is indeed alive. Its legs work. Kazarn looks at you. Well done, Redmore. We need to go. Come on, grab the horse. 
Yes, sir. The two of you begin moving south out of the stables towards the pass. As the three of you begin moving, running frantically almost, you get the saddle onto the horse. Kazarn turns to you and looks at you for a moment. And he says, get your stuff saddled. Quickly. And as he finishes his sentence, you hear very closely a cacophonous thud. Maybe 50 feet to 75 feet to your left down the pass. Landing on the wall, perched even, looking down at you. The white dragon. It looks down at the two of you. Its claws protruding over the cracked stone that barely stands enough to hold the weight of this beast. It takes one step towards you, then another step. What do you do? Sir? For once, would you mind if I gave you an order? Kazarn looks at you, and you see... The moment you say those words, an immediate look of sorrow on him. What you think is suicide. I cannot let you do this. I am the captain of the watch. It is my duty to go down with this fort. I cannot leave it. You must go back to the town of Fendalen. Tell the Lord's Alliance of what's going on here. I need you to live, Redmore. Now, Zack. Isaiah gets a twinge of something in his mind. He gets a sense of compelling action to him. He cares about his friend. He knows his friend has a family. You have complete agency in this moment. What will Isaiah do? Does he follow the commands? Of Aelin, or is she going to take matters into his own hand? I'm going to speak a word, uh, oh, well, a phrase in Elvish. For the Fey Father. And um, he's going to cast command on the dragon once more. I changed my mind. Can I take this back? I want to cast it on his captain. Run. Oh, oh you are. Brother, I saw it said um, flee. So I can tell you to run. <laughs> that is so sneaky. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's big brain. Okay, so... Okay. <laughs> that's so big brain. God dang. Okay. Wisdom save for Kazarn? Yeah. Fucking nervous. What's your DC? It's 13. So, as you say this, what do you command him to do specifically? Do you just say flee? run or do you say flee and like tell people whatever like what's the command run and inform the lord's alliance i'll buy you time and you can see a single tear 
kind of going down his cheek, and then as the opposite eye begins to have tears flowing down it as well. As he's going to step forward in front of his captain, ready to go down swinging. As you do this, Kazarn obeys, but you see him as his face twist with realization of what you've done. He goes from a look of anger to despair as his body moves without his command, without his desire. He shouts at you, Damn it, Rainbow! That was an order! You can't do this! As he's screaming Isaiah's name as the dragon begins running east to the dragon, uh, away from the dragon and around the fort, trying to find some way to get down the mountain. You know that if anybody can find a way down this mountain, it's the watch captain. As you hear him, as he's bounding just beyond your both your vision and your audible senses, you hear him. Isaiah, Isaiah. He's gone. And as you turn, you see the dragon's gaze is fixated upon you. It speaks no words, but you feel its icy, chilling breath. You see with each inhale and exhale, the ice nearest to the dragon's maw gets more and more frozen, being covered in thicker and thicker layers of ice. The dragon looks at you, its sapphire eyes fixated upon the final being that is infesting its nest, its home. You hear a voice rumble from the creature, very low, very quiet, a single word. Insect. Does Isaiah have any last things to say or do? He does. Before him and the dragon meet in combat. I know this is a fight I can't win. I just wanted one. Saying this. Oh, sorry to get away. As he get, as he lowers, as he uh, gets on his uh, knees, and is embracing death, so that his friend can get away. As you say this, that you just want to buy enough time. You're closing your eyes as you begin to take your knees and say your last words, spreading, taking your hands placing them to either sides of your shield and planting it in the ground before you. A defiant last act, but accepting of what is to come, of your destiny. Thump! 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 With each step, you can hear the crackle of the stone, the thud on the earth, as the dragon dismounts the wall, and then you feel its breath freezing your skin. By just being close to you. You feel a sudden sense of peace 
and of warmth, and then nothing. As Isaiah embraces his fate, the dragon twists its head to a side, lunges its maw forward, opening to its largest extent, and like a gator, clamps its jaws down. Isaiah Redmore is dead. Aelin Kazarn, now traveling down the mountain's pass, going around the north to the northern pass from Ispire Peak, he hears a final cacophonous scold as the dragon takes flight again. Thump, thump, thump. He wants to stop. Kazarn is trying to command his body to stop, to obey him again, so that he can go back. He is supposed to die at the fort. He can't be the one who lives. It's his duty to die. He's the watch captain. His most trusted soldier. Someone he considers his protege. Made the sacrifice that was meant for him. No matter how difficult it is for Aelin, though. He knows his body will not listen until he makes it back to Fendown. He knows his body will not listen until he speaks to a member of the Lord's Alliance. Until he knows that they are aware of the situation. He curses Isaiah. Damn you. Damn you, Redmore. But then he prays. Let's, let's save us. As he trots further and further on an injured horse's back down the mountain, Aelin takes one final look behind him at the now frozen ruins of the once mighty fort he claimed was his own. He looks around to the skies and he sees the storms have now receded. The clouds have parted and the thick fog have receded back to the sea. And the dragon, gone. And that is the end of our prologue and the end of the story of Isaiah Redmore. Now, I just want to finish up by saying thank you guys, you gals, whoever is watching. Thank you all so much for attending this first inaugural session of Thrones. This was our session zero, a prologue that will set up the overall setting, calamities, the inciting incidents of what is to come. The next time we see you will be after what has transpired here today, where you will meet the true protagonist of our story. You will meet, mm, without giving away too much, two characters that 
Zach and I have grown quite fond of over the years, and two characters that I believe are unlike any other. You will meet Alistair Darkheart and Daedalus. These are the main protagonists and driving points of our story. These are our magnum opus, if you will. I dare say characters. <laughs> so I look forward to introducing them to you guys the next time that we meet. And I look forward to you getting to experience the, be the true beginning of a wondrous and fantastic tale. Once again, I want to say thank you for both Zach and I and for everybody at Forge D20. We really appreciate you taking the time being here with us. Once again, please, if you enjoyed this video, subscribe, download, follow, share it. We would love if you shared it with others. But most importantly, feel free, if you did enjoy it and you did like it, reach out to us. Let us know what you thought. If you had any compliments, criticism, praise, constructive criticism prim primarily, by the way. But feel free to reach out to us, engage with us, because it's up to you to tell us where you want the story to go. It's up to you to tell us how you'd like things to change, more combat, more R RP. It's up to you to affect where we want this to go. Ultimately, this is a shared storytelling experience from us with you. And there is no story without an audience. And it's important to me as a storyteller that you have a direct role in where the story goes. So feel free to reach out to us on all of our socials. And one last time, thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And until we see you next time, I'm Hunter. And this was a presentation of Thrones by Forge D20. Take it easy.